Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult Series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME-CE credit. You are evaluating a feverish 8-year-old who was brought into your office today by his mother for a sore throat. She states he has had strep throat again. The most recent time was three months ago, and she wants him on a powerful antibiotic this time to take care of it, so because she can't miss much more work. Looking in his mouth, you see his tonsils are inflamed with yellowish pus visible. Do you empirically treat for strep this time, and if so, with what regimen? Hi, this is Frank Domino, family physician and professor in the Department of Family Practice at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Joining me today to talk about strep throat is Dr. Robert Baldor, professor and founding chair for the Department of Family Medicine at UMass Medical School, Bay State. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Frank. So strep throat, tis the season. Um, this is a pretty common scenario. Um, how do you decide evaluating this child? Should you just treat him because he's had strep in the past, or do you do something more? So I think this is really, again, saying a common scenario. There are some uh, guidelines out there to help us with this, and uh, so I think a little bit of this is uh, thinking. Well, you know, does, what's the likelihood of having uh, of having strep? So you sort of said this is the scenario for it, and and so it turns out, you know, for pharyngitis. Uh, strep is responsible for about a third of the cases of sore throats that we're seeing in the uh, the office. Much more common late winter and early spring. So we're kind of early winter here right now, although people are coming in with a lot of URI uh, issues. So if you look at independent um, predictors, is this strep throat or not? Well, it's high age, uh, basically adolescence, age 5 to 15. On exam, you're actually uh, palpating anterior cervical lymph nodes that are swollen and tender. You have tonsil exudates, as you uh, have in this uh, scenario, and fever on exam, but no cough. And I think that's a key piece. I'm seeing a lot of URI people coming in with cough uh, as a part of it. So we look at these decision tools. There's one called the center decision tool, where you can add up points to decide what's going on. I think it's really helpful. So I use this a lot. And so basically, somebody's coming in, complaining of strep throat, and the points are, uh, do they have the swollen, tender anterior lymph nodes? That's a point. Do they have a fever above 100.4? Do they actually is a point? Do they have tender uh, tonsillar exudates or swelling? That's a point. Are they between the ages of three and 14? That's a point. If they don't have a cough with this milieu, they get another point. If they're more than 45 years of age, you subtract a point. And between that, you don't add any points. So you add these points up, and you come up with a score. If the score is above four, which it probably is in this scenario, you know, the risk of having strep is over 50%. It's probably not unreasonable just to empirically assume it's strep and go ahead and treat. What happens, though, is we don't see many people with a score four or an above. It tends to be on the other end. If your score is zero, certainly it's not strep. If it's less than one, it's probably not strep either. And between one and four, we should do some testing, do the rapid strep uh, testing uh, to see what's going on. Okay, so in this case, he's, he's probably got a score of four. What do we do next? 
Okay, so in this case, I think you could probably just go ahead and, uh, and, and treat him. And then the question is, is and the reason why I brought this forward was because this really neat uh, article was published here, again, the, the BMJ, looking at a shorter course of antibiotic treatment. Frank, we've been taught forever, 10 days of treatment for antibiotics, and we're hearing more and more again, you know what, that's way too long, that's leading to more side effects and drug resistance. We've seen that first with UTIs, now we saw it with pneumonia. And this paper leads credence to the fact we're over-treating people with with, uh, with strep. So surprisingly, penicillin, simple old penicillin, still remains the recommended treatment for strep throat, unless you're allergic, in which case an alternative should be used. Now, if you have a mild allergy, which is a rash, that's called a type four hypersensitivity, then you can use a cephalosporin for this. It kills me all the time when people say, oh, I got penicillin allergy, can't have cephalosporin. No, you can have a cephalosporin. Now, if they have a more severe reaction, type one, which is like anaphylaxis symptoms, then you're gonna use a macrolide, you're not gonna use a cephalosporin. So those are what the guidelines are. The guidelines still recommend 10 days of treatment. And so this uh, study, what they did is, was actually a randomized controlled trial. They looked at PenVK, 800 milligrams, four times a day, for five days and compared it to the traditional Gramapen-VK, um, one gram TID for 10 days for patients with a documented strep throat. Turns out the five-day course was not inferior to the 10-day course. A number of relapses complications did not differ between the two intervention groups. And not surprisingly, the 10-day group had a higher incidence and a longer duration of adverse, uh, adverse uh, uh, effects. What were, the, what were the adverse effects? Well, your typical issues that you have with antibiotics, right? Diarrhea, nausea, and for, again, we're treating a lot of uh, adolescents here, and vulval vaginitis, manilia, those type of things that we're seeing with these prolonged courses of antibiotics. All right, so PenVK, 800 milligrams, four times a day for five days. But this child's slightly different. This is his recurrent, or her recurrent illness. Um, how do we deal with recurrent strep? Well, I would do treat recurrent the same way. I think, you know, the, the question is, is how often is it recurrent? You know, mom wanting a really powerful antibiotic, you know, uh, and, and, and sort of working with uh, them around. One could do a strep culture in this situation. I was trying to do a rapid strep test in this situation. I think that's not unreasonable. I don't think there's any clear guidelines to help us with these things. So some of it is what your relationship with the patient is, what the comfort level would be. So Whereas if this was a f coming in... Um, First time, I think I would just go ahead and empirically treat, given the, the, the center score they would have. But in this case, I would definitely do the rapid strep uh, testing. If that's positive, then you've got evidence for recurrence. We're going to go ahead and treat, but five days still mm -hmm. with penicillin. Um, if it's negative, do you do need to do a culture? Well, these, these rapid strep tests are highly uh, sensitive these days and probably not worth doing a, a culture for. I think if it were like it seems to be bouncing around the family or lots of uh, people being ill, uh, worried about immunocompromise or something, I probably would do that, but for the most part, I don't think it's necessary. I have a couple of colleagues that sometimes will say, oh, this poor person, they have a terrible sore throat. Let's, uh, let's throw them on some corticosteroids for symptomatic relief. What's the data on that? Yeah, interestingly, because I've uh, seen people use that as well. It's a good question. Uh, this, um, so this study that I'm talking about only looked at antibiotic treatment, but there was actually a systematic review that was published in the um, uh, emergency medicine literature here a couple years ago, and they compared corticosteroids with placebo. And they, they did find that if you used corticosteroids, you had a reduction in pain, about a four-hour shortening in the length of pain, but really not a sufficient clinical evidence, uh, significance to support routine corticosteroid use. So you may see a very minor benefit from that. And by the way, I always 
or usually recommend acetaminophen for children uh, when they're coming in with febrile illnesses and so on. And uh, this was a, uh, a multi-center randomized controlled trial was uh, published here that showed that moderate doses of NSAIDs were more effective than acetaminophen or placebo in reducing fever, pain, and um, uh, uh, throat pain here uh, for strep uh, throat. And indeed, the 2012 Infectious Disease Society uh, guidelines support using NSAIDs for symptomatic care of patients with group B strep as, uh, as well. So no steroids, uh, probably a little ibuprofen instead. Okay, I, I, that's really important information um, because I think we, we, we tend to fall back on acetaminophen in children just because we feel somehow it's safer and, and NSAIDs can be upsetting to the stomach. But as they, they found, I, I think there's good data that shows you feel better I don't necessarily endorse the corticosteroids for symptomatic relief, and I'm, I'm glad to see NSAIDs and, uh, are, are possibly even, even more effective. Any thoughts on the chronic carrier of group A strep, the kids who carry strep even when they're not sick? Yeah, I would ignore it. <laughs> you just end up chasing things sometimes. Now, sometimes you'll have children with really large tonsils, with tonsillar crypts and so mm -hmm. on. And, but again, you know, the, the guidelines here for thinking about the need of tonsillectomy. So it's less that they're chronic carriers, more that they're having recurrent documented strep infections. And the guidelines are you should have, if you're having six episodes of documented strep infections over a two-year period, that's actually interfering with the lifestyle. So you're talking a child here, it means they're missing school. Um, then those are the folks that probably should be referred on uh, for consideration of tonsillectomy. But again, that's a really small subset of, uh, of, uh, of children uh, that you're seeing. I agree, Bob. Wow, so for, um, five days of pen, penicillin four times a day is as effective as 10 days with less side effects and use NSAIDs. Sound yes. good? That's, that's what we should be doing here. All right. Thanks so much, Bob. Thank you, Frank. Practice pointer. For confirmed cases of strep pharyngitis, five days of penicillin V, 500 milligrams, four times a day, is just as effective and associated with fewer side effects than a 10-day course of penicillin. Join us next time when we talk about the incidence of prediabetes among adolescents and how we should go about screening for that. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast, and see you next week.